Yo, it's me, Ryan Hartley, host of the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us, the Always Better Than Yesterday community. Um, Usually the interview sessions are held on Facebook Live and I take the audio and share it for your benefit on the podcast to take it on the go. The Facebook Live format has stopped um, bringing me, allowing me to bring guests on. So I've had a bit of a rethink, had a few weeks off to, to work out how to bring you uh, amazing guests in 2020. And I'm really happy to say that we've got a number of guests lined up for publication over the next few weeks and months. The mission remains the same, is to find out what motivates and inspires um, other people, uh, find out what works for other people, and share that for your benefit so that it might help you be always better than yesterday. So I hope you continue to enjoy the content. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. Please do share this with one person that you feel would benefit from hearing this podcast today. That is... Um, what you could do for me i'd really really appreciate that and actually here we go episode 63 was recorded last week it's with my good friend james green who i connected uh through connected with him through church he is a beautiful human being there is so much depth to his story which i don't think that we even got close to covering but this this episode's all about how to foster your creativity. James is a creative director of a company called Stable. He also runs his own uh, company called Of Dust and Stars, which produces some beautiful, beautiful video um, content. So go and go and check him out. Enjoy the conversation that we have, um, and please do let me know your thoughts. Leave always leave us some feedback. Most uh, appreciative of that. So here we go. Let's dive into the conversation. Yo, and welcome to the first Always Better Than Yesterday interview session of 2020. Uh, my guest is James Green. James, welcome, my friend. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Yes, it's the first one. It's the first one under the new format as well after Facebook Live uh, stopped, stopped us bringing guests on. So uh, I'm learning. Hopefully we'll be free of technical glitches. But um, yeah, thanks for, uh, for, for joining us. Um, and you and I connected through, through church last year and... Um, you know, I, I entered church and there's this guy with a denim jacket walking around with a with a cool haircut. And I just thought, man, this guy is is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it's been a pleasure to get to know you since. And I just had to bring you on. So, yeah, please just uh, share a little bit about who you are and, and, and your story. And Thanks, man. Cool. So, yeah. Um, so I am a film director, creative director. Um, so I'm currently working <clears throat> for an organization called Stable which is a record label in London. Um, I also run a small production company called Of Dust and Stars, which focuses on making upbuilding gospel-centered films, uh, music videos, short films, uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell and what I'm up to. Amazing, amazing. And um, you know, your content is is awesome like if you've if you're watching or listening to this on the on the podcast please do go check out james's content it is beautiful beautiful creations and i guess you know, where did it all start where did you find your love for that creative art mm. well how far back do you want to take it um yeah i think i think i've always kind of been artistic um as far back as i can remember i was drawing painting you know as many kids do i was never particularly sporty um 
but yeah, kind of focus more on arts and creativity, I think, growing up. And um, <clears throat> yeah, really through school, that became my focus. I wasn't, wasn't particularly uh, academic. Um, and so a lot of my time was spent in, you know, art classes, focused in on doing kind of doing A-level art uh, and what have you. And then um, after that, went to college for a bit and then kind of didn't do uh, art at all, actually. I kind of got, I, I had this hope that I might go to art college, I think, but I just didn't, I didn't really, I don't think I really believed in myself to be able to do it um, and didn't really understand the process. And I kind of bowled out of it, I think. And so I ended up... <clears throat> go to college and studying carpentry <laughs> and so I became a carpenter um did three years apprenticeship in that and then a couple of years working as a self-employed uh, carpenter um and then a rather unorthodox path back into creativity um my i got married in 2007 to a gorgeous woman called rebecca she um she uh she got bought a camera for her birthday um by her dad which is an incredibly generous gift we went out one day and just kind of took some photos and had fun kind of enjoying it and i absolutely loved it <clears throat> the, the difference between having this dodgy little compact camera that i had at the time that just everything looked flat and lifeless to this amazing kind of dslr camera where everything came to life and looked three-dimensional it was just amazing and at that time um i was a musician I was actually a hip hop bias back in the day. And um, yeah. so we were doing a lot of gigging, a lot of touring. And so we had uh, to create, you know, collateral for it. So photographs, you know, you want to do videos and all sorts of stuff. And so, so the photography came around from really messing around, trying to create um, content that I could send to people, um, photographs for promoters, um, stuff that we could use on our website and what have you and that's what why i jumped into doing website design around that time so that i i could build a website for the music um i got on there and did it uh if i look back now it's an atrocious website as was my haircut <laughs> but um that was kind of like the starting point i guess and just really fell in love with photography actually um <clears throat> and really on the back of that we were like well maybe at the time i was working uh, also for a charity and ministry in Bath called KCM and I took a job for very low pay like it was about £10,000 a year right part-time in 2005 and I did this uh, right at the same time I had an opportunity to take a record deal for a uh, heavy metal new metal band um, and the plan was to sign with those go on tour to California, which is like my dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. Um, but actually, in reflection, it just really, it didn't feel, didn't feel right. It meant me moving to Birmingham, away from everything that was going on here. And at the same, kind of around the same time, we're helping to plant this church in Trowbridge and build this community. It just felt so rich. Um, and so it really felt like there was, there was a cost to that idea of going and doing that. And it just didn't, didn't settle with me. Um, and randomly, uh, whilst I was in my garage writing up invoices <clears throat> for carpentry, a letter, I found a letter in the garage and, uh, that's where my dad used to keep the computer back in the day. We had to wind it up, you know, to get the internet and, uh, found this letter with my name on it, opened it up and it was from this place in Bath, this charity, um, saying there's a job going as a prison minister or in prison ministry. And so I thought, 
wow, that's amazing. That's kind of a cool job. I might, you know, apply for that. I feel like it's on my street. So um, applied for it and ended up getting a job. It's part-time post, like I said, really, really low pay, but amazing people. And really, I worked from there from 2005 until 2015, did 10 years with those guys. And over that time, I started out as a prison minister. And then someone spotted uh, one of my uh, sketch pads illustration pads that I used to just take in and just illustrate during lunch and after, after um, I said, I almost said after school, after work. Um, <laughs> and they, they'd seen it out on the side and they nosily had a look through it and they loved it. And they went, they ended up then going, uh, unbeknown to me, to my superior and said, you know, this guy's really talented. You should get him on uh, like a graphic design course or something like that. But he came to me and said, I'm really sorry, someone did sneak a look at your artwork and they loved, loved it and have come to me and said uh, that I should think about getting you on a design course. Do you mind if I have a look at some of your stuff? And so, yeah, okay, so I showed them it. They were like, this is amazing. Uh, let's have a look at some courses because they were in need of an in-house designer. So, um, so that was about two years into uh, that job. And so then he sent me off for a day with this uh, person that taught me about Photoshop and ins and outs and that and then I did a, another more prolonged course and then online training etc etc and uh quickly became uh the graphic designer uh over the space of about a year and then uh still involved with the prisons a bit here and there and then um after that became the multimedia designer which involved lots of other things like photography video um website design all those different things so the whole creative sphere really so it's a really good basis for me to get an idea of how the i guess certainly from a, how you market something point of view creative overview um yeah. which is really cool and um very helpful for me and at the same time you know around 2008 ish uh we decided we we're going to do a side business in photography um mm -hmm. So I started doing these little portrait sessions for friends, started to build a portfolio. Friends wedding came up, <clears throat> in, I think it was 2000, 2011, 2010, something like that. And um, so, hey, look, I didn't know what I can get for you, but I'd love to give you wedding photography for free just because I think it'd be a really good gift because they, they, they weren't gonna be able to afford it. Mm -hmm. I thought this would be a really nice gift to give to them and there's no risk for me if it if it goes horribly wrong then you aren't going to have any in a way so <laughs> so uh did it and it was in Bath it was really beautiful I actually went up you know the main streets got these kind of cool shots came away and absolutely smashed it and I kind of surprised myself at how well it went I think partly it helps that they were absolutely beautiful people <laughs> um and you know Bath is stunning so it, it was it, it it was, it, you know, the odds were on my side. Um, so did that, went really well. And then on the back of that, excuse me, <coughs> um, had, I think maybe four bookings for the following, following year from their friends. And so uh, did them at a super low price kind of thing on the side. And this went on and then it rapidly became very popular and I started to get booked out for the whole year. So I started, so I was working this job as a multimedia designer, but at the same time, my photography business was just rocketing with wedding photography. Yeah. Um, and so, um, worked both jobs for a while. And then in 2015, jumped ship and said, I'm going to go full-time self-employed. 
um, which was a big risk because um, it, it, wedding photography is really seasonal. Like, you know, um, even even though people do get married all year round, <clears throat> the bulk of bulk of my work was always from kind of March till October, November, and then November through till March again. It was just just pretty much dead. <clears throat> and because I built my business and my brands pretty much solely around weddings. <clears throat> I mean, I got some amazing weddings, but um, I struggled during those quiet times. And I made the jump into self-employment in October. <laughs> well, I hope to, so I'm going through it at the moment. So you know that I'm, I'm leaving the police on the 14th of February. And yeah. um, what helped you make that decision? <clears throat> it was, um, I think a lot of thought and a lot of prayer went into it. And it was something that, that my wife and I have been talking about for a long time because it came to the point where it became a little bit unmanageable to do both. Mm. So doing both was like, I can't do a full-time job whilst, um, whilst doing this business, which is really a lot of work. Yeah. And so it just, yeah, it was just like we were him, but I was just hitting burnout mode and I was like, I've got to make a change. Either I make the jump <clears throat> or I don't. And I just stay where I am and I, start to s slow down the business um and i just really loved the idea of freelance life at that stage of thinking i would really like that f that freedom that flexibility to you know build my own schedule do the work that i like have a bit of a better rhythm to life and so just did it and just felt like it was the right time um you know me and Bates got together we had a little prayer we're just like i just really feel like i need to do it now and it feels like jumping out on water but it just mm. I can't explain it just feels right as, as much as it felt nuts like why would you like strategically why would you leave the place of secure employment that's paying you quite well month to month um to to to, to then jump into nothing guaranteed there was nothing guaranteed not until March and so um you'd be strategically you'd be like well just leave in March you know you've got your money coming in there and it gives you some time then to have a buffer M much more sensible but you know, we've always been people <laughs> who follow, I guess, the inner voice. Um, and we uh, just felt like the inner voice was saying, we need to do that. We need to jump How'd you learn to listen now. to that? Oh, it's a very, it's a very good question. Mm. So for us, we're Christians. So our, I guess our practice is in, in prayer, silence, mm -hmm. um, reflection, asking questions and waiting for answers or inspiration to come. Um <clears throat> cultivating the right kind of heart to hear and to know which i think is based upon integrity um and is based upon uh, i guess some of these spiritual disciplines of like meditation and yeah. contemplation and those things that allow space to hear because i think that often in modern day life it's easy just to get wrapped up in frenetic madness and or you, you can't you can't you can't even hear your inner voice. You can't even hear or, or the voice of God or whatever you might yep. perceive it to be. You can't hear that because yep. <clears throat> you're just so stimulated. And so, um, yeah, so I think, I think it's about cultivating the right heart and the right patterns in life to help, to help here, you know, and, um, and, and, and also it's just a faith step. It's like, there's no guarantee, you know, it's not like, it's not like I get a letter that comes from heaven and says, this is exactly what you need to do. It's like, it comes through inspiration and it comes through a moment of like, I, I sense 
there's a weightiness to this. Like it's not just like a thought that I have, it's there's something more weighty about it. And so I listen to those. I've learned to listen to those. Mm. We've, you know, my wife has lot, had, had left um, a job, a, a well-paying job yep. at a point when, uh, when we were about to have our first child, she just mm. wanted to be, you know, full-time, full-time mum, which is respect to her. She's, she's more ballsy than me, that woman. And she, <laughs> she, she left that whilst I was still in a very low paid job, uh, or not in a very low paid job, but I was in a much lower paid job here we are you know in this situation now with a baby on the way a mortgage and um you know uh, provision that's needed and again nothing guaranteed there's nothing planned there's no job lined up there's no part-time work lined up but after that you know stuff started to happen she started to explore other avenues and she ended up setting up this debt uh, advice center which she got funding for which was the perfect amount of time for her just to do bits and pieces and work and really impact the community she did that for a few years and handed that over um and she saw hundreds of people come through there and get their advice and get help to get out of there it was amazing um <clears throat> so it, we're the kind of people that i think we we really desire to live a life of faith and of risk that um doesn't keep us stagnant doesn't keep us in the same place because i honestly believe that we're supposed to be transformed and things are supposed to you know supposed to evolve um so at what point did you um because of dust and stars it says on there ancient mm. truth told new mm. what does that mean <laughs> so i think <clears throat> for me it's about repackaging i guess the, the biblical teachings mm-hmm. um because you know bible's written many 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 years ago to an audience uh far from where we are you know uh typically greek and uh audience and uh hebrew audience and so the language they use you know some of the cultural references all of those things are really hard to understand unless you understand the culture of the time uh and i've been someone who's been in the game a little while now i've been a christian since i was 19 years old um it's i've i've learned some of those things but i've had to study um, you know, the meanings of some of the scriptures and some of the stories and understand how they connect with the people at the time and why it was so relevant. You know, like Jesus meeting with a woman at a well, that's a big deal. Like we all talk to women, like you weren't even yep. allowed to back in the day. So it's, it's, yep. it's these cultural references and then saying, right, okay, cool. So if Jesus meeting a woman at a well, who was part of this other tribe um, and has a conversation with her and tells her everything about her life without her telling him anything, you know, prophecy, she knows, she knows, he knows her. She runs off and then tells everyone that the Messiah's come. Um, you know, if if the point of that story is that Jesus isn't worried about breaking the rules because it's the way it's supposed to be done, or you're not supposed to be talking to those people, or you're not supposed to be engaging with those people, and not only that, but actually that God can do something amazing with those people, you take the essence. My heart is to take the essence of that story and then repackage that into our daily context. So. Um, I've just done a short, short film. Well, it's not a short film. It's a music video. It's narrative. I do a lot of narrative music videos, which is kind of mm. short films and music videos connected together. So I've just done one in partnership with a guy called Andy Hunter, who runs the Presence Project. You check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, great guy. And he, we, he's recently been reconnecting with like some of these old school hymns, and um, <clears throat> one of them is obviously super well known. It's Amazing Grace. 
Yeah. And so <clears throat> Amazing Grace, you know, around the slave trade and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, what's the essence of this story? You know, what's the essence of this song? Um, Amazing Grace, you saved the wretch like me. Once mm. was lost, but now found, was blind, but now I see. So what would that look like today in like somewhere that really needs it? You know, mm. so we went to a friend of mine runs a church <clears throat> in a community in London. It's one of the top 10 deprived places in England and um, for poverty. And um, I started to build a relationship with him and we started working with the community to create these films. And so this was actually the fourth piece that we've done with that community. Um, and so it's the amazing grace was a story of um, a take on the prodigal son. So in the Bible is a story of the two sons or the prodigal son. <laughs> it's two sons and a father. One son runs off, uh, asks, ask for inheritance. Dad, let me have my inheritance now so I can do what I want with it. Runs off, takes the money, goes to the city, smokes it up, drinks it up. You know, has a wild time with women and all sorts. I mean, yep. and then runs out of money, and he's like, "Oh crap, I'm out of money." Back in those days, you know, there wasn't any YMCA hostels. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're out on the street, mate. And so he ends up living with these pigs, which, again, cultural reference for Jews is a big no-no. Like pigs are filthy. <laughs> yep. So, um, and in that moment, he realizes, "I need to. Maybe if I go home and if I apologize, maybe maybe Dad will make me into a servant." And then at least I can just be in a house and live in a, have a bed. Um, so he decides he's going to do that. And so he travels home and he's far, when he's far off, the father runs back, meets him. Um, and that depicts a few different things. One that the father who should never have run back in that day because it's a sign of disgrace for a man to run. Yep. An older man to run. Meets his son. That's a powerful moment. And then whilst he's still covered in pig's poo, the father wraps him in a blanket takes him in, puts a ring on his finger, which signa signifies his, uh, his authority. He's given back as a, as a rich young man, ring, mm -hmm. ring on the finger, robe to cover his shame. <clears throat> and he goes, not only that, for his pie. He man's for his master party, blah, blah, blah. And there's more to that story because it goes on and talks about the older brother and the older brother's yep. reaction yep. and all that kind of stuff. But just to focus in on that, that um, powerful um, uh, illustration of the nature of, of I guess, of God's, and his desire to reconnect with um, the son who's effectively screwed him over. Um, yeah. I thought it was beautiful. And I was like, well, what, what hasn't been done is um, it hasn't been flipped. It hasn't been like, because I feel like it's a lot easier to forgive a child than it is to forgive an adult. And, mm. and I'm like, what's a more powerful story for now? Not obviously to write that story off as a powerful story full stop, but um, what else could be added to reveal the nature of God in this story? And um, I just felt that having a son or to, that needs to ref, uh, forgive a father and welcome home yeah. a father is yeah. is awkwardly awkwardly powerful <laughs> Very. because parents should know better. Mm -hmm. Parents should be responsible. Parent, it should not be that the kids should not need to forgive the parent to that degree. It shouldn't even it shouldn't even get to that place. And yep. so this is also communicating the fact that this idea of grace, which is un, undeserved goodness and undeserved favor is, can be offensive. It can be really offensive. Like he doesn't deserve forgiveness. What's he done to deserve forgiveness? He's just completely screwed his son over. Mm. The story, the story is, is set in this neighborhood. You've got the spiral and the sun um, <clears throat> opens up with, you can go watch, you can watch it on of dust and stars. That's amazing. Yeah, um, that's amazing. You go on there, it opens up with the father. He's, 
been drinking and he asked his son to get him a beer. His son get a beer and his father's a bit drunk and so he starts to fight, beats him up a little bit. And then the father leaves the house and he's out with his mates and he's selling drugs and causing all sorts of trouble. Um, I don't want to ruin the story too much, but I kind of answered yeah, yeah. the story. Go, but go the, and watch the, it, yeah. The father's, the father has a shocking event that wakes him up and makes mm. him realise that the way he's been living is is not right. And so he, yeah. he, he, he doesn't even have any time to make it right in the story. And this is mm. another thing I did. I, I left it so that, because I believe, I believe the nature of what we're trying to communicate in, in, in the Christian message is we don't really have the ability to make it right, what we, you know, the stuff we've done wrong or whatever. But it's not really about us. It's not about that story. It's about the story that we're welcomed home um, mm. into a relationship, I guess. And so he turns back and he ends up returning home to his son and his son welcomes back and into the house. You know, you don't see any of the conversation. You don't know what, he leaves loads of questions like, mm. why did he just let him in? Why, um, what, what's the process of unpacking all that? Why, like, the, he leaves a pretty serious um, mm. scene behind like what about that scene that's just happened and that person do you know what i mean so it's like you know there are loads of questions but i wanted to trigger that because that's against this backdrop of amazing grace sung over the top of it i feel it's powerful yeah. because Very. in spite of it all amazing grace do you know what i mean and so if, it, yeah. if it's ancient truths told new that's exactly what it is it's, it's films like that and i work a lot with musicians um you know to, to create that content what inspires you, mate? You inspire me, Ryan. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll pay um, you later. What inspires me? Gosh, it's a good question. I think um, everything. There's so there's so many ways that mm. I get inspiration. Um, inspiration comes through uh, so through music. I listen to the artists that I, that I create for. I listen to their music, kind of. On, on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, and I sit there and I visualize <clears throat> and something comes to my mind and then I develop that idea. And so mm. it will come from the music. Um, inspiration can come in a moment where I'm just cutting vegetables and I'm thinking about something and then it pops into my head. Inspiration can come from moments of prayer when I'm praying and something then pops into my head. Um, other films, uh, love films. Um, yeah. Uh, Pinterest, <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although I'm very keen, I'm very keen and very cautious not to copy um, because mm. I just don't think that that's the way you create your best art as an individual. Yeah. Um, but certainly, I do gain inspiration from other artists mm. and think, ah, oh, they've lit it like that. That's really interesting. Or you know, they've styled it this way. I really like that. And then, what can I do mm. to take something from that into my own work? Yeah. Would it be fair to say that you love what you do? It's kind of a hard grind, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do love what I do. Um, so as of August, I have taken a position at Stable Record mm -hmm. Label, creating um, exclusive content for them: music mm -hmm. videos, documentaries, short films, etc. And that is just dream job, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and overseeing the whole creative project and the whole creative uh, sphere of what Stable puts out. And then also doing little bits and pieces still uh, with films on the side. Um, so for me, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's dream, dream job, and I am doing what I doing what I love. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's a bizarre concept. Um, yeah. It's a bizarre concept for, for people to gather about loving what you do comes at a cost. But I'd just mm. love to know like what some of the sacrifices that you've made over the years to find this place where you, you get to do what you love every day. Sure. Um, I think there definitely has been uh, there definitely has been costs. Uh, financial, emotional, relational, Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being perfectly honest, it's not always been rosy and good. Sometimes it's been really difficult. Um, yep. There've been costs, like I said before, like practical costs. Like oh, I'm going to leave this job and do this. Yep. Um, the thing that motivates it all, like I said, is that inner compulsion to mm. see something that I want to do or that I believe is part of my fulfilment of who I am. So I believe that I intrinsic to me is to be a creator. Uh, is to create and is to create something that captivates and that for me points people back to uh, the Christian faith. For me, that's like my motivator. So that's very intrinsic to who I am. And so for me, uh, the decisions I'm making about work certainly influence that and are like the, the driving force. But um, there have been costs. There's been costs with um, finances, having to make investments, you know, at the beginning took out loans to get kit and stuff mm-hmm. they were paid off no problem but um you know leaving jobs um there's the stress that that's involved there's the risk element um and then that has relational impacts on family mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and how we feel about stuff also just like me dealing with my inner life you know like sometimes my motivations haven't been from from a pure and good place sometimes my motivations are because i feel like i need to I need to validate myself or I need to get approval or, you know, and so I make decisions based on those things that then have consequences because actually I'm making a good thing, an idol in my life. And then the idol becomes something that I'm kind of stuck by or trapped by. And then it has repercussions, you know, because it becomes so important. It, over, it, it takes the wrong place in my life and it becomes more important than my family or it becomes more important than, um, my relationships and do you know that's that's really i see that a lot in people that are driven and a lot in people that um do do a lot of things successfully outwardly mm-hmm. i see a lot of that unhealth that question of what is it that is driving me um and how is that driver affecting my relationships which for me which really is the most important thing in life. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be sat on my deathbed going, oh man, I wish I made one more film. <laughs> wish yeah. I made that film. You know what I mean? It's going to be like, yeah. I'm, uh, did I did I invest my life in the people around me? That's the, that's yeah. the thing. And I found that really hard, if I'm perfectly mm-hmm. honest. <clears throat> Sometimes okay. what I found is just having the humility to look and go, I've not got the balance right. You know, something I've had to learn over the last year is, oh, I yeah. I'm just not giving the best of myself to those that need me most. And um, yeah, it's, it could be tough. It could be tough. It can be tough. And there are seasons where, you know, work requires a lot, mm. you know, it requires a lot of investment. But I think it's the, I, the thing I'm learning is, is, the, is how I journey those seasons where I'm really bad at communicating when I've got a lot on. Like I'll just get in it and I'll be like, oh, I've got this documentary, I've got this film. I've got this thing going on, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like buried in my computer and I'm out or I'm out on set and I'm shooting or I'm out 
location filming this person or meeting with this artist. And so I'm like, I can be consumed because of the complexity and the yeah. variables. And um, have, communicating, number one, with, with my wife, the most important relationship in my life, communicating with her what's going on, what I've been up to, how it's affected me and how I'm feeling is super important because she needs to, if I'm on this journey, she needs to share in that journey in some way or another. Because if, if I don't, I'm just off firing off this way and she's over here. She doesn't know who I am or what I'm doing and she doesn't know where I'm going. And then she's just completely not involved in my life anymore. May as well just be a single guy doing, doing work. And so um, I think for me, it's just been learning how to communicate where I'm at, what's going on, how I'm feeling, and then check in with her, how are you doing? I know, and then also be aware of the cost and putting things in the right order. My family needs to be up here. My work doesn't need to be up there. My work needs mm. to be here. Super important. My work is really important to me. And my, my calling is super important to me. I want to give it lots of time. So, but the funny thing is, is it's important to my wife. And it's important mm -hmm. to my family. And they, they want the best for me also. Mm -hmm. And so it's just learning how to do it healthily. Do you know what I mean? And how to put yeah. things in the right place. Do it healthily. And I am 100% learning. I mean, there's a bunch of tools out there that have been super helpful. But... Yeah. Which would be your recommended? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, th things that I found really helpful. Well, number one, like my church community are, are amazing. And like mm -hmm. some people I've journeyed with over many years, Sam and Jason, the pastors of the church, you know, yeah. known them for, for a long time, well over a decade. And just journeying with them and just speaking into each other's lives, being really open mm -hmm. with each other. And they're amazing on like formational work. So they do a lot of, uh, you know, training in psychology and they do a lot about for inner formation and, and stuff like that. So that's been really helpful as far as them bringing stuff to the table. Um, you know, check, check out this person, check out that person. But yeah. I've certainly found things like um, <clears throat> two, two really pivotal points for me in, in, uh, self-learning been really helpful is the first one was uh life languages um mm -hmm. uh which uh, is run by a couple in bath who you've recently recently met mm -hmm. um and that has been transformation that was transformational level one uh you know a lot of these things i said that i've been struggling with in myself and in my relationships Mm -hmm. really that helped give me understanding okay it's a communications profile and things so why is it that i feel things like this and this person yeah. feels like that um and what's my motivation when i'm talking or mm -hmm. what am i what what's my underlying question when i'm talking to someone so me as a high mover in this would say my underlying question is is, is what's your motivation so i'll be in a conversation with ryan hartley right now and my underlying question about everything what ryan hartley is saying is what's your motivation not is it like a bad motivation but what's mm. what's the point of what you're saying so i can understand the point of what you're saying and then communicate it well <laughs> makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so and, and then and then also understanding my wife's languages ah <laughs> there you go there you go get on it man they're great um so understanding our different languages and then how we communicate to each other was just transformational i was like ah like i'm battering my head against the wall thinking why, why does why does this person why just anyone mm. just like relation not just what husband and wife but like kids you know and like friendships why are they reacting like that what is that about and then you understand okay it's because they're this kind of type of person and this is how they're filtering it and so when you understand that it takes offense out of it i'm not like i'm not offended by you and i'm not yeah. like 
great against you. It's just that's how you do it. And so for me to effectively love you well and to talk to you well, I need to use your language. And so that was really amazing. And then <clears throat> in more recent months, probably like, well, maybe in the last year, we've come across this thing called the Enneagram, <coughs> which, um, again, has been amazing. Uh, personality profiling to another level. Um, and I can really recommend um, the Sacred Enneagram book. Uh, I can't remember it's by now. Let me quickly look. Sacred Enneagram uh, is a book that I worked through. Here we go. And it's by Christopher L. Hertz. H <laughs> E U E R T Z with a forward by Richard Raw, who's fairly well known in the um, contemplative streams. Um, so that was really, that's been amazing. Just again, understanding my type uh, and what what motivates me, what drives me, what is good about me, what's unhealthy about me, what I need to work on, what I need to be aware of, all those different things. So, how can people connect with you? How can they find your content? So you can get me at. Um, of dustinstars.com on there there's a bunch of videos <coughs> and films you can go through have a look at what we're doing you can see a recent uh, current project mm -hmm. we're working on magnetic north you can see um music videos and all sorts there uh you can get me on instagram of dustin stars it's probably the only place you can get me actually because i'm more rubbish at facebook <laughs> <laughs> amazing um let me just say thank you for taking the time coming and joining me and, and sharing some of your story there's so much more depth to your story i know this and um yeah go and go and follow james's content be inspired by what uh he puts out and lastly my friends my last question is you know that i'm all about always better than yesterday i'm just curious to know what that phrase always better than yesterday means to you ah that's an invitation mm. um it's an invitation to leave it or to do it. Um, and I think the idea of always being better than yesterday for me is about learning from your mistakes, mm -hmm. not being afraid to go into your shadow and to, and to learn from it and to keep moving forward, keep the faith, keep building. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Been a pleasure. There we have it. A wonderful conversation with James there. There's a few things that really resonate with me. And I think um, certainly I need to learn how to create moments of of still so I can cultivate the right heart um, to to hear those messages and and secondly for me I really loved what he said about um, transformation and that transformation is a combination of both faith and risk I really liked that really resonated with me um, I wonder what resonated with you please just do share um, your thoughts either email me ryanbhartley at gmail.com or, or, or share this on your social and um, just tag me in it tag me in it I'd love to know your thoughts what resonated with you um, and yeah please do go like subscribe and, and share this with the one person that you think would benefit from hearing uh, a podcast that's going to help people be always better than yesterday look forward to my next guest coming on next week uh, and until then have a great week much love <laughs>